Thank you to Cy and Susan. And uh, so we're into the Christmas season. Uh, it is Advent. It's November, but it's Advent. And uh, are you ready for Christmas? Uh, it was it, it was uh, fun decorating out here uh, yesterday. And thanks for those that came and kind of tried to spruce things up. Kylie and some of the youth girls, especially the Kishimoto girls, did our backdrop to, uh, for the Advent season. So doesn't that look great? And uh, they, they do a really good job with, with that. And um, so we're trying to make the best of it. But I'll be honest, Christmas 2020 feels a little different. And, uh, and I don't know if you have this sense but I feel like there, there is a bit of a disappointment entering, going into Christmas this year. It feels like it's almost a, a less than our best Christmas. It's a bit of a downer. Maybe it's a sense that we won't have all our normal Christmas traditions. Like we have stuff that we do as a, as a church that we are not going to be able to do this year. And maybe we have a sense that we won't go to as many uh, parties or get-togethers. And we won't see as many family members. Maybe we won't be traveling quite as much this year. Maybe finances are tighter and we won't be buying as many gifts. Or, or maybe we won't, be, uh, we won't feel as comfortable going and doing all the uh, shopping in the malls and, and in the stores. And so there is this sense that Christmas 2020 feels a little bit less than. It feels a little bit like a downer. And, uh, and maybe you have a feeling of emptiness this year. And if you do, uh, I don't think you're alone. In fact, here's a, a quote from the LA Times, an LA Times op-ed article from just a, a week or two ago. The pandemic holiday season, 1.0, is taking its toll on psyches and pocket. God became man, the fullness of the deity, and he took on a body, took on a flesh and blood. He, uh, the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And then the application is, in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Part of the reason that Paul wrote the uh, letter to the church in Colossae was to uh, confront a false teaching that was taking place in the church there. The false teaching that we that we that sometimes referred to simply as the Colossian heresy was that there were some Christians who were higher level Christians and some Christians who were lower level Christians. There was some and so within the teaching within the church there was there was this this teaching that was going on that said some of you are going to have all the blessings of God and some of you are going to just have a, a, a little bit of the blessings. Maybe, maybe you're like uh, completely full or half full or you're, you're a believer but you just have a little bit of the blessing of God. And, uh, and so, there was this, uh, so there was this thought that some had the inside track to God and some were not going to get all of what God had for them. And obviously that raised anxiety in many. Am I am among those that are, on the, are on the, in that top tier? Or am I uh, going to miss out? 
There's that FOMO, that fear of missing out. What if I don't have all the blessings of God? And, um, and that's important for us to recognize as well today, that Paul is writing to emphasize the fullness of God, that all those who are in Christ Jesus have all of God's blessings. There's not some that are going to have a whole bunch, and then some that just get a little bit, or maybe you're halfway in between. He says, uh, in Christ you have been brought to fullness. But then I think about Christmas this year, and I think our, uh, we think about kind of having a top-tier Christmas, and maybe a middle Christmas, and then a lower-level Christmas. And I just want to push back on that and just to emphasize the fullness of Christ. We're not going to have a lower-level Christmas if we recognize all that God has blessed us with. And so Paul here emphasizes God's fullness. Twice is the word used. First for Christ. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. And then secondly, in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Let's deal with the first fullness uh, um, to begin with here. And that is, in Christ, the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. What does that mean? That's a loaded verse. What does that mean? I think uh, if, we were, uh, if we were to look in on the manger and get a glimpse on that Christmas, not, on that first day of Christmas when Jesus was born, I don't know if we would have uh, said, oh, wow, the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. And Jesus came and it was a dirty, stinky manger uh, surrounded by farm animals. And uh, here was a unwed teenage mother holding this little child would we have come to the conclusion that in christ the fullness of the de- of of the deity dwells you know sometimes we sing that song uh, mary did you know mary did you know that your baby boy is the lord of all creation mary did you know that your baby boy would one day nations maybe mary knew i don't think we would have here's joseph uh been faithful to his fiance but he's not able to provide the type of place that the creator of the universe should be born in uh, he's he falls far short and then the visitors that come and to see the christ child are shepherds now, I'm not saying shepherds are terrible people, but no eight-year-old kid would say, when you ask them, what do you want to be, would grow up to say, I want to be a shepherd. Nobody was saying that. I mean, shepherds lived out on the, uh, in the hills in all the weather, took care of the sheep. They didn't even have homes. No, uh, shepherds are not bad people, but, I mean, this is not society's elite. It's not the teachers of the law. It's not the, ro- uh, the rulers and the governors that are coming to visit this child. It's the shepherds. It's not the rich and the famous. It's the, it's the, it's the low run of society that are here. And I don't know if we, if we were to gaze into the manger. I don't know if we would have recognized who Jesus uh, was. I don't know if we would have uh, that all the fullness of the deity uh, dwells in bodily form. And yet that's exactly who Jesus was. Paul emphasize, emphasizes here what we sometimes call the incarnation, that Jesus was fully God and fully man at the same time. 
Now, that's hard for us to get our minds around, but this is, but Paul talks about the fullness of the deity in, in human form, in, in flesh and blood. Now, that matters for us. When we start talking about Christ, our victory delivered, that means something for, to us. Because uh, now we recognize that if the fullness of the deity dwells in Jesus, we get to see in Jesus who God really is. We get, to, we get a picture, not only of, of God's character, but we see it displayed in his actions. Uh, the reason that the, that the incarnation matters is because we see in Christ all of who God is. We see the character of God. We can make a whole long list of attributes of God. But in Christ, we see God's love and his truth, his justice and his righteousness. We see the power of God in Jesus. Think of how he heals and he knows all things and he is able to forgive. Jesus demonstrated the power of God. Consider the relational love of God. That uh, God has been loved throughout all eternity within the Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But now we see that relational love demonstrated towards people. And, uh, and we see how God will interact, uh, how God would love other human beings with love and compassion, mercy, grace, and justice. Now John says the same thing, the same thing. Uh, drives home the same types of points in his introduction. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So here again is the fullness of God. It's a, it's a, uh, Jesus comes full of grace and truth. Now, if we were to really dissect this verse in uh, John 1.14, one of the most interesting things that we could point out is, is, the word, is the verb that is used here. In the NIV, it's translated, made dwelling among us. And that, that's a good translation. But if we were to translate it literally, which wouldn't sound uh, quite right in our English, but this is what it would literally be translated. Uh, the word uh, became flesh and tented among us that's that's literally what it is in the greek it, it, he tented among us and what it's pointing back to is when in the old testament times when god's presence came tabernacle when the israelites were led out of uh out of slavery in egypt god says uh in exodus 25 8 then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. You see, when Jesus came, he brought God's presence. That, that's crucial here. But the, but the difference in Jesus and in the Old Testament times is that in Jesus we have the fullness of God's glory. Not that he, sh- not that he walked around shining like the sun, but the glory of God is seen in who God is, in his character. Now, in the Old Testament, Moses asked to see the glory of God. And God said, no one can see my face, or you cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. But now we have God with a face. Now we can see the 
glory of God and not only live, but be given new life. You see, that is how Christ is our victor, because he gives us new life. I recognize that there are lots of disappointments for Christmas this year. There's things that I'm going to miss a lot. But all of these pale in comparison to the victory that God has given to us through his Son. You know, we may have feelings of loss, but, but really we are winners because of the victory of Jesus. And then, uh, not only is the fullness of the deity dwells in Jesus, but it says it is given to us. Now the voice here in this passage, in, in verse 10, is um, it's a passive voice. It's given to us to us not because of anything that we've done because we don't earn it but it is given to us through jesus and so paul will go on to say if we drop down just a couple verses in verses 13 and 14 paul goes on to describe how the fullness of god is given to us when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh god made you alive in christ He forgave all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. I want to come back to that phrase, but uh, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Okay, Uh, there was one time, there's been a few times, but there was one time I got legally indebted by a traffic ticket that I really felt that I, I, shouldn't, I didn't deserve. Now, there's been times I've got pulled over. I'm like, yep, I was going too fast. But there was one time I honestly thought I was innocent. Uh, the cop had pulled me over for not getting in the turn lane soon enough. And I really felt like I had. And so I decided I'm actually going to go to traffic court on this one. And, uh, and so I figured out what day I had to be there. I, I went to the West Covina um, courthouse, and I waited my turn one person after another went up, and uh, the judge was so quick in his ruling. Right away, he'd, and he ruled with the police every time. But I, I thought, oh, man, my case is rock solid. I'm gonna, there's, there's no way he's not going to let me out of this ticket because uh, even the policeman, when he pulled me over, he said he was like several cars behind, and he uh, wasn't sure when I got in the lane. So I explained all that. I thought for sure, I'm getting out of this. I'm innocent. And uh, I explain, he doesn't even ask the policeman a question. He just says, nope, you're guilty, pay your ticket. I walked out of that courthouse fuming that day. I was so mad because the uh, judge, because I felt like I had been treated unfairly. The judge, one after another, just guilty, guilty, guilty. Well, one day we will stand before God as our judge. And the result will be a completely opposite feeling. Now, it'll be, we may walk away feeling this is completely unfair, but it'll be unfair in a different direction. It's not because we don't deserve it. It is because uh, God will consistently proclaim innocent, innocent, innocent over and over again to those who are in Christ. And we will not walk away fuming, but we'll walk away, we'll walk into the kingdom rejoicing because we do not deserve it. This is the victory that is ours in Christ. Paul says uh, that Paul says here in this in this passage that in Christ you have been brought to fullness. 
Now, John picks up on the same idea. Going back to John 1 again, verse 16. And from his fullness we have all received upon grace. It was given through Moses. That's one grace. The law was grace because we came to know what God wanted us to do. And we came to know who he was. His law is based on his character. Second grace, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In other words, we can't earn it. It's not by the law, though the law is gracious in that it lets us know where we have fallen short. Uh, But the grace on grace is the victory that is given to us through Jesus. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And this year's uh, Christmas is not one, is not a, a grace that's a lower level grace. It's still God's grace being poured upon us uh, new every day. Jesus doesn't dwell among us in bodily flesh like he did 2,000 years ago. But make no mistake about it, he's still here with us. Jesus is with us in our brothers and sisters in the faith. That's why the church is sometimes called the body of Christ. And so I encourage you, even though we might not be able to gather in the same way with everyone this year, we can gather as a church or we can gather uh, virtually. We can gather in whatever way it is possible. That's a blessing. And we see the face of of Christ in the face of one another. Uh, Jesus is with us also through this Holy Spirit that lives in us. And so we find God's presence near to us when we uh, read his word pray and when we worship him so i encourage you uh, throughout the throughout the next month take time and just meditate on the life of jesus read about who he is and spend time in prayer it's a blessing it's, a, it's a, one of the ways that you're going to be filled with the fullness of god and jesus is with us in fellowship when we live in obedience to him by loving one another, especially when we love the poor and the oppressed and the disadvantaged. And this may be a year where you know people that are, that are struggling more than other years. It's an opportunity to experience the presence of God in our lives by seeking to come alongside and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so all the fullness of God is given to us this year, maybe in unique ways, in ways that we can experience God's blessing in ways, in ways uh, maybe that are outside of what we could in other years. In fact, it may be a blessing that things slow down this year so that we can focus on what God has really given to, uh, given to us in Christ Jesus. I've made up my mind that this year I'm not going to strive for things that I cannot have. I'm not going to be filled with anxiety. I've made up my mind this year I'm going to relax, take a deep breath, and be thankful for all that God has given uh, to me. And this is a year that maybe we can slow down to recognize the spiritual blessings that we have. The feelings of disappointment because of missed opportunities or or um, canceled traditions uh, those feelings that we're feeling this year can run deeper than just this year or this season and uh, so I want to just step back right now and uh, 
give a, an application that, that I hope will, uh, that you will consider for your own life. The feelings of emptiness that can sometimes settle into our hearts can happen during the best of times. When the thrill of the promotion wanes, where will your joy come from? When the new car smell wears off, will you be longing for something else? When the drinks have dried up, will our hearts be happy? When the quietness of the house settles down after the company has left, will there be peace in our own thoughts? When all the running from one kid's activity to the next finally stops, will we have a sense of satisfaction in our hearts? Like Chelsea and I, this is our life, uh, running around from one thing to the next. And And it's more so at other times, but even now it feels like we're on a hamster's wheel sometimes. Uh... In all life's activities, what will bring the sense of fullness? Is there anything that truly pierces through any sense of emptiness? Well, let me tell you that there is more to life than these things and these pursuits. There there is actually only one thing that truly can counteract a feeling of emptiness and that and addresses life's true meaning. And it comes from this passage. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. You see, the fullness that God wants us to have is found only when we are in Christ. So I hope that we are all, no matter where we're at in life, we are aligning our lives with Christ. That's where fullness comes. That's where the deep satisfaction and joy in life can come when, when we live with God and for God. And, and this speaks to someone who does not know God but is wrestling with, should I give my life to God? This speaks to those of us that have been Christians for decades. Are we truly aligning our lives with Christ? Or do we get sidetracked to look for joy and satisfaction and peace and other things whether it be relationships or successes or achievements or work or whatever it is are our lives aligned with Christ because that's where fullness comes there's a story about a rich man um, who who lost his son in a tragic accident and uh, his wife had passed away many years ago and so he was in he was uh, nearing the end of his life but he had no one who would receive his priceless possessions. And he had many priceless possessions. He had uh, paintings by famous artists, fine jewelry, vases and ceramics, antique and classic cars, furniture, historical items. He had all kinds of stuff that a whole bunch of people would want. And so towards the end of his life, Uh, uh, investors and those that were wealthy were contacted to say we're going to have a big auction and all this uh, man's stuff will be auctioned off on this day and so the word got out and the room was packed everybody wanted a piece of this man's wealth and finally the auctioneer stepped to the table uh, stepped to the podium he brought up the first item to sell 
the first item to sell was a picture of his son that had been lost tragically in that accident. And uh, everybody said, okay, yeah, he's just going to get rid of this, and then we'll get to the good stuff. And so they just couldn't wait. Get, let's get past this silly picture of your son. And the, and the auctioneer started the bidding on this, for, uh, on this photograph, but nobody in the room wanted it. They wanted the other stuff. And so the auctioneer, uh, but he, the auctioneer kept going, and he started the bidding low. He said, 100 bucks. Does anybody want the picture for $100? No. Okay, how, how about 50 25 Would anyone want the old man's uh, son for $25? Finally, almost out of compassion, uh, a former employee of the man uh, raised his hand and said, I'll give $5 for the picture. Uh, there was no other bids, and so the auctioneer pounded the gavel and said, sold to the man in the back row, $5 for the picture of his son. And, uh, and then the auctioneer said what shocked everyone in the room, and that concludes today's auction. What? How can that conclude today's auction? I wanted the car. I wanted the furniture. I wanted the painting. And he said, no, no, the old man's wish was that whoever bought the picture of the son got it all. And you know, sometimes I think we look at Jesus and we don't quite recognize the treasure that we have in, he, in him. We want to run after everything else. We want to run after the parties and the possessions and the achievements and everything else. And Jesus and God looks upon us and he says, if you got the son, you got it all. It's the victory of Jesus. It's the fullness of God. And I hope that you recognize that today, that this is not a less than Christmas. We got Jesus. We're not less than believers. It's not uh, some got the big blessings and we just get the, uh, the crumbs at the, t at the bottom of the table. No, if we've got Jesus, we've got the victory. Christ, our victor, is delivered. If we receive him, if we are in Christ. And so that's what I hope rests with us for the next several weeks. It's a COVID Christmas, but it's not coronavirus disease. Christ our victor is delivered. And I hope that we don't have a feeling that we're missing out on anything too big. We can take count our small blessings, but recognize that we got a big blessing. And that's the salvation of Jesus. We're not going to be left feeling empty, not if the fullness of God dwells in us. For if we have Christ, we have the fullness of God. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, God, we thank you this morning for Jesus and the victory that we have through him. God, we thank you that we're not left uh, longing or wanting anything if we have, if we have you. God, sure, that, sure, there are disappointments and there are things that I'm going to miss this year and things that uh, all of us will wish were different. But God, help us to remember all that you have given us. Help us to remember the forgiveness of our sin. Help us to remember the new life that we have in your Son. Help us to remember that your Holy Spirit lives in us. Help us to remember that we can love others with your love, a love that we would not have on our own. So help us to love those in need. Help us to care for those who may be lonely. And help us to just be thankful 
for all that you have given us. Thank you for COVID Christmas. It's a Christmas where we remember that Christ our deliverer, our, our, Christ our victor is delivered. So may we rest in that truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up for our last worship song. Your love, O oh Lord. to the sky. 